Yo, what's up, guys, and welcome to the Movie Newbie Podcast. I'm your host, Jabril Sahemi, the newbie, and I'm joined by... Rafael Luca, actor, clown, thespian, and a pure cinephile. Oliver Mangum, writer, producer, and fellow film lover. So yeah, enjoy the show. Yo, what's up, guys, and we are back again with another episode of the Yo, What's Up Show! Um, as usual, my name is Jabril Sahemi, and I'm joined by Raf and Ollie. Yo, what's up, guys? No, yo, what is up? No, I Raph? think it's. I think it's yo, what's up, guys? <laughs> now the well, emphasis has got to be on the what. Up. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, that's pretty good, actually. Well, anybody can just... say yo, what's up, in any way they want. Yeah. We don't mind. Yo, we love it. <laughs> yo, what's up? <laughs> I love that the 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 sensual the sensual seduction version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how we should always do it. Um, and yeah. So before we start, I just wanted to remind you guys again: on the twenty second of April, there is the event of the year of the century. Okay, maybe I'm overselling it, but it's uh, Temps Rising. <laughs> um, it's this amazing um, event that Ollie and his mate Chris have set up and it's to help great causes and this one is going to be going to the unicef humanitarian fund the for humanitarian crisis yeah it's a bit of a mouthful i think yeah. it's the unicef's ukraine disaster relief i believe but fun you know the, the the name's not super important all you need to know is that it's a very valid organization and all the money that would be all the proceeds from this gig from this event will be going directly to the people in need at Ukraine. So yeah, you can get your tickets on Resident Advisor for five pounds. But if you want to donate a little bit more, you know the prices are going to go up. To I'm not sure exactly how much they're going to go up, but get your tickets now, right? Save your spot. Come down to the Dalston Jazz Servant Quarters. Also a mouthful. And yeah, April twenty second. I'm going to be DJing. Ollie's going to be DJing. Uh, Mutman's going to be DJing. Chris is going to be DJing, and there's a bonus person now who's been added. Uh, to Joel, Joel, Joel Laris, whose name, his DJ name is just Joel. But just yeah, Joel. He's good. He's he's fantastic anyway. Yeah. But what his name? What is what his name lacks in spark? His his uh, DJing skills make up for. Oh. But most yeah. importantly, I'll be performing my soliloquies from Hamlet. We've nice. discussed this, Raph. No, uh, you won't. Okay. <laughs> just thought I'd give it another go, just to see if you guys wanted to, you know. It's just Raph on the other side of the street, just like, <laughs> like yeah, 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 Shakespeare in the park, just like to be. Guys, come, come this way, Aries, Aries. All right, all right. But so... your version is uh, Shakespeare in the bus station. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed, that's very grimy, very gritty, mm. very gritty Shakespeare. Yeah. So yeah, so shall we get to the topic, or is there anything that we need to? Right. Actually, I wanted to highlight something. Uh, number one. Oliver, your shirt's sick. Is that a Hawkeye's Eye T-shirt? Oh, what's no? What, what's a Hawkeye's Eye T-shirt? Uh, it's it's an artist from Japan who um, makes oh. these myriad of waves. So could oh, be the the, eye. the prince, the the cup yeah, you got no, me. It's yeah, no, it's it's so okay. So for, for for the people who can't see what I'm wearing, which is everyone who's listening to this, <laughs> I'm wearing a T-shirt that has the um, what's the famous print? The um, that print of the Japanese waves. From like several hundred years ago. Yeah, that's, oh, that's, that's, the, yeah, one, yeah. that's the one yeah. he's talking oh, about. Oh, yeah. okay. In that's that case, about. yes. Yeah. Yes, oh, it great. is 100% that. And it's, um, I'd like to say it's from some really cool, trendy, off the beaten path. Uh, is it Uniqlo? No, it's, yeah, it's Uniqlo. I yeah. thought so. Yeah, oh, no, yeah. Uniqlo gets respect. <laughs> yeah, Uniqlo they, I remember is... their collab. It was, it was awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Dude, Uniqlo is uh, the best. Okay, the, I, I have no, I have no, no disrespect intended for Uniqlo, but what's even less cool is that my brother. This is a gift from my brother, and he gave it to me after coming back from Japan, having lived Ooh. there for three years, and uh, his great gift from Japan that he anywhere else is a shirt from Uniqlo, which I could have just walked twenty minutes into Shoreditch and bought myself. But, but it's, yeah. but it's, but it's a Hokusai Uniqlo from Japan. Like yeah. that shit's real. You That's know real. I mean? Yeah, wow. yeah, from that super indie, you know, boutique yes. Japanese store known as Uniqlo. <laughs> and I know, Raph, you like it because you got oh, me a it. cup for Christmas or my birthday. I did. Yeah, yeah, for it's your birthday. Christmas or my birthday, yeah. And I use that cup almost every day when it's not dirty. Bada beam, bada boom. Mm. Um, <clears throat> we're all representing Hokusai. Yeah. Um, yeah, your yeah, story, so be man. Before, yeah, before we get started, I uh, name drop met Joe Russo yesterday um he came to our school at lambda where i, where I currently work wait 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 um, so for those who don't know sorry yes yeah, sorry those who want movie sorry notes, I, yeah i joe expect russo? everyone to just know joe russo joe russo uh is a writer director uh producer uh also responsible for just closing the marvel like entity which was the 10-year marvels like universe i know marvel's continuing now but for me that's where it stops and he was responsible for Civil War, for uh, Infinity War, for Endgame, and for just tying all the loose ends. And you just him and his brother Anthony um, are just both responsible for creating, um, or I, I guess concluding uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, at least for me, um, in such a brilliant, awesome way. Um, and you know, he's done films like Welcome to Collinwood. Um, they're both from Cleveland, Hawaii, Ohio. Um, and they, yeah, they've started there and, uh, they, they got picked up by Steven Soper. So this is all, these are all stories that I kind of received through Joe Russo. He came in, held a talk. And before he came into the building, he called the reception, uh, phone and I picked up and I was like, Hello, hi, this is Lambda Reception, because I'm a receptionist at Lambda, y'all. Um, and he was like, hi, this is Joe Russo. Um, we're actually outside the building, but I'm not sure where you enter. And I was like, I took a deep breath. <laughs> and I, I, I got a slight nervous gulp. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, Joe Russo, totally. Uh, I'll come out and get you phone like <laughs> scrambling to put the phone down oh wait did, uh, you, did you know he was coming at this point i did know but i did not expect uh, a call right yeah <laughs> so so i rush outside and you know it's it's beautiful day it's warm and i'm with you know baywatch running down and i see him and his family and we like give each other a massive wave and i just start going joe russo and like waving my my hands up and down like a crazy person um and he they start all laughing and they're you know we're still like we're, it's like a romantic moment where we're like running towards each other um and then yeah we shake hands I, I i i say hi to his two daughters that are actually uh coming to visit the schools because they want to enroll in the school which is also another reason why he came anyways i'm going to wrap this up because otherwise the story is just going to take the whole thing but came in held a talk and he gave some really he's incredibly grounded incredibly uh heartwarming um so funny um and just yeah like it's so inspirational he he gave like awesome anecdotes uh, anecdotes about robert downey jr and tom holland in um civil war yeah 
and he I, before I before I end, he 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 said he 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 was there during the moment where RDJ, who he describes as director proof, who basically can just direct himself. He's that level, that caliber of an actor where he can just do anything. He knows exactly where, where the camera is. He knows how to dance with the camera, how to flirt with the camera, blah blah blah. So he knew the exact moment where he turned Tom Holland into a superstar. And that was the very scene where you first are introduced to Spider-Man with um, uh, Iron Man in in, in um, Peter Parker's bedroom. So Tony, it's that scene between Tony Stark and and Peter Parker, and he remembers Tom Holland being extremely nervous because he's like you know doing his first scene with fucking RDJ. Because I guess like and... Tom Holland would have been in uh, Civil War before, but he didn't have a scene up close with Robert Downey. No, yeah, exactly. Because that's exactly. all like in the suits on in that battle sequence, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so it's a bit less maybe daunting if anything um but yeah so he remembered like telling him basically directing the scene and joe russo took a step back and just watched it all unfold and suddenly tom holland just gave yeah superstar quality performances mm. and he wasn't he was just this kid who just suddenly was fucking you know acting alongside robert downey jr like a seasoned pro it was really cool yeah, yeah he just gave like really neat and obviously there was a lot of like marvel questions from the from the lambda you know students but it was a really unique experience so um yeah joe russo if you're listening to this you're a great man mm. and you have a great fam millie <laughs> and oh, I love yeah that. i want to say thank you yeah. for community because that was like one of my favorite tv shows boom yeah thank you, great Russo's. great yeah, tv yeah. show mm. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they came from the a comedy background before they mm, went into yeah. the Marvel Cinematic yeah. Universe. I remember when it was announced that they were going to be directing their first film in the Marvel series, which was the um, the Captain America film, the Winter Soldier. That's it. Mm -hmm. Which Soldier, is actually, yeah. I still think maybe my favorite Marvel mo movie from that from yeah. the MCU. But that was like such that was so out of nowhere. Like people like these mm. guys do did you me and dupree and and like community which again is yeah. a great show but yeah. not exactly like a an obvious prelude to directing a 200 yeah. million dollar yeah. action film but hmm. yeah crazy and 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 the way they got discovered was and that's like kind of the one of the inspirational things he he put out there for us is just create content like the fact that we have all of these all this technology at our disposal when they started out those brothers they they were in Cleveland, Ohio, and they were just writing scripts, and they had to rent cameras and rent equipment. And it was, you know, they, I remember their first feature film, um, he explained that he pretty much maxed out all their credit cards and, you know, paid everything uh, out of their student loans to make this first feature film um, called Pieces. And they, they, you know, then went on to like go viral marketing at, you know, film festivals. And it was at a Grand Slam film festival, I think it's called, where um, like half the audience kind of left and half the audience kind of stayed. And the half that stayed in that half, Steven Soderbergh was there and he decided to fund their next project. And that's how they came to go um, on to doing Welcome to Collinwood. Mm, wow. Very, yeah. Very insightful. So. Never give up, folks. Never give up. Yeah. Yeah, never give up. Never give up. Never surrender. Never give up. Um, never give up. Never surrender. Isn't that from, uh, was it Galaxy Quest? Yes, it is. Yeah, I love that film. <laughs> ten, ten points for Ollie. Thank you. 
Oh God, my kids. <laughs> I love those aliens. <laughs> anyway, all right, but all right. Anyways, <laughs> now on to more somber things. Yeah, yeah. So, um, when we were doing the review of uh, the pianist, we kind of had this like weird moment where we didn't know how to address the issue of Polanski because hmm. Polanski, the man, is. Uh, a troubled, a very plainly. troubled, um, I don't know how to say it, just gross, disgusting piece of crap um, for what he did. Sure. Yeah, I, I, just to put it plainly. And there are countless mm. names in, I guess, the art world. Uh, to name mm. a few, let's go with Louis C.K., uh, J.K. Rowling. Um, mm. Who else? Uh, Harvey Weinstein. Johnny Dash, uh, Kevin yeah. Spacey. Uh, Woody, Allen. Cosby, Woody Will, Allen. Woody Allen. Yeah. Um, countless names and um let's uh, uh some of the big ones recently was r kelly uh michael jackson the list goes on and on but johnny johnny depp, depp you see we can go on and on and on mm. now mm. the question here how, how do i how do i yeah, how do you separate the artist from the art yeah and right. uh yeah I, it's it, i i thought this was an in interesting conversation to have because i guess in different types of art not just film or not just tv um you have different reactions to it. Like, for example, I don't listen to R. Kelly or Michael Jackson on a day-to-day -day basis. So, fine, I can easily stop listening to them, right? But if their song comes on in a club, would you stop dancing? Or would you stop, <laughs> yeah. like... Out of protest? Would you leave out of protest? Or, like, you're not... You can't handle the fact that that's being played? Um, same. Would you watch something like... Um, the pianist or uh okay maybe not something as good as the pianist though and glorious bastards uh, <laughs> like any of the yeah like uh, what's that harry films. potter movie um wizarding world uh magical beasts fantastic beasts yeah fantastic beasts um Ooh. created by jk rowling starring johnny depp like would you watch that movie mm. i know they kind of i think they they, they removed him from, from the third, third one, one switched him up with Brought someone else the the Matt danish Nicholson, guy yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Sick. So yeah, I want to know what your thoughts are. Um, it's it's a it's a weird one for me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I. It's hard. It's hard when you start questioning the art and the artist and the effect. Because I like to think it's a huge collaborative process. So you know, Roman Polanski film. If you remove Roman Polanski, there's still this film is still attributed to a lot of people that have made it, you know, the costume department, the sound department, the, you know, what have you, it, it still attains some value because it was a team effort. Now, I don't know if the whole team became, you know, sexual child rapists, but the fact that like you can remove one entity and still have it, you know, still have it, still have value with it because not everyone in this project was a piece of shit for lack of a, you know, lack of a better word. Um, so it's like Harvey Weinstein's company making, you know, the Inglorious Bastards or just the numerous um, films that received wide acclaim and accolades and star power and money. Um, there's still a sheer amount of um, people that have worked on these films that are genuine good people. So do you shun a film because of the one person that helmed it and that gets the star power like Woody Allen making those films 
or do you give it credit for for the fact that it was a collaborative process and there are people that deserve credit for these mm -hmm. films yeah yeah I, I think it's it's um it's a tough one man i mean it's like a it's a question you get asked a lot more or has like come up as a conversation a lot especially in the past five to ten years it feels like more so just because we've had various forms of reckoning in the in the creative industries and where people have been uh people who are really popular have been sort of held up and scrutinized and all these dark secrets have come out and then we've had to sort of ask ourselves okay what do we do with monsters what do we do with how do we consume how do we talk about the art about art from monsters and it's a tricky one i i think in the past i've generally stuck to this principle that i i for some reason for whatever reason i feel comfortable separating the art from the artist and i've tried to like create all of these logical arguments to support that that are grounded in you know in reason or or, or in perhaps like some objective ethical outlook but ultimately i wonder if it's just because i'm lazy or if because i just i enjoy too much great art to have to make the difficult choice of no longer enjoying it or um agreeing for it to sort of be censored because of how problematic the person who created it is and you know i i, I guess one one thing that one sort of uh rule that i try to stick to is like okay if by what consuming this art am i actively supporting a person who continues to do some damage to the rest of the world like if i'm if i'm if i'm paying for some art is it going directly into their pockets and now are they using that income or using that power to somehow continue to perpetrate crimes mm. in in the world yeah and um and I think that's where I would perhaps draw the line myself. That's what I try not to mm -hmm. cross into, if that makes any sense. I think, like, especially with a lot of these things, like, when it comes to your political views, your religious views, or how you think society should work and whatnot, um, at the end of the day, like, it's all up to us personally on how we want to consume these things. And, um, see, because, like, there's people, like, like, for example, Louis C.K., who I adored before the news came out that he, with with what he did, you know, and after that, like, I think I think actually at the, at the moment he's trying to resurrect his career and he's trying to do stand up again. And I know he's it, been I, doing it success, yeah. successfully for a while. Yeah. He's already released a couple of specials. You just don't see them on Netflix. Yeah, you just don't see them. But he sells out stadiums, places. you mm -hmm. know. But, like, see, w what I'm trying to say is, like, I previously, like, really just adored his comedy. I found him hilarious. But right now, I find it tough to actually watch his comedy just because, like, the back of my head, I just, you know, I, I know what he did. But then there's people like Chris Brown who still earn a living and they still get featured on songs and they get, like, platinum uh, platinum tracks and platinum albums and they get get concerts all around the world. And, like nothing really happens nothing changes and i'm like why does this person mm -hmm. still have like a career you know this like it's it's just weird you know like it was kind of that was kind of the issue with roman polanski mm -hmm. right the fact that uh, this was known fact that yeah. he 
was accused, not only accused, but convicted that he yeah. you know, had to run away from, you yeah, know, he, he had to, ran yeah, away yeah. To, to Europe. He sought refuge. Yeah, yeah. He sought asylum in Europe. Um, and these were known facts. Yeah. There was no like theory about maybe mm. he did, maybe like, no. And, and, and actors and artists went along mm-hmm. to then make a film with this person. Mm-hmm. So that speaks to the kind of the mindset or where society was at um during that time that we just kind of neglected we just kind of pushed it to the side and we're like man you know it's fine it was you know whatever and it's an it's Um, it's another example of 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 of, in this case hollywood being an inner circle that actually supports um these people who have not stood uh, or have not paid uh for the crimes that they've committed You, know, you, bring, right. you bring up and, Roman Polanski, like think of Harvey. What? So a lot of oh, yeah. well-known filmmakers and actors signed yeah. a petition about, I think it was like ten or fifteen years ago, for the release of Roman Polanski, or for like for his record to be ex- essentially mm. expunged, so that he could, I think it's so he could come back into the states, which he hasn't returned to since he went on the run um, thirty or forty years ago. But then you also had Harvey Weinstein. And with that case, yeah. it's, it's been said that was a pretty much an open secret in Hollywood that he was, um, you know, at best, uh, someone to watch out for if you were a younger woman. Right. And, you know, some of the biggest stars still made movies with him. They still continued to yeah. um, tout him. Yeah, exactly. It mm. it kind of reminds me of a, of a Dave Chappelle joke or, well, not really a joke or I guess some political commentary. It was actually off of his last... Uh, show which got him I guess canceled or Mm. almost canceled Um, but basically it was a remark about um, how uh, people were going against him and uh, trying to like cancel him but then at the same time um, people were like when there was the the whole issue with I think the Academy Awards having only male director like only move best movies were only made by male directors he was like during the me too movement nobody actually went and tried to fight for change and there's like this kind of um i don't know if i'm if i'm explaining this correctly but there's this like 50 50 where like if it works for them then they'll kind of like brush all these things aside and they'll be like yeah i'm just here for the art but when it doesn't work for them then it's like ooh, let's cancel this person so it's uh it's interesting to see you know like 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 we're saying there's polanski or chris brown right where people will continuously work for them work with them because they're good artists but then or they can make if they can make money from them i think that's money from them yeah yeah you know i think that's the ultimate deciding factor it comes down to Mm. money and power like if there's something in it for them like you said then they'll be able to break they'll be able to work through whatever moral Mm. block they have because you know you look at um uh yeah because you you look at jk rowling for example yeah like she's someone who i mean her name now comes with this asterisk where 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 whenever it's mentioned people have to bring up the problematic associations Mm -hmm. but at the same time she you know it's not like her name's been taken off the new fantastic beast movie that's coming out it's not like her books have been taken out of bookstores no because there's still a there's still an industry she was uninvited from the Harry Potter reunion or something like that. Yeah, they wanted nothing. They wanted her to be. And, and she was. And she was not mentioned in the new Harry Potter game, Hogwarts Legacy. There is no inclusion of mm. of JK. Well, her of her name yeah. on the marketing. Yeah. Sure, but still, I mean, come on. Yeah, I know. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's um but it's yeah it's 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 fascinating to see the ebbs and flows of, of this situation mm. and how it, it evolves um so if there okay let me ask let me ask you guys what do you think about what about um people artists who aren't alive anymore because this often comes up like people say well it's okay for me to listen to kanye because people still go to see picasso's paintings in galleries mm. and picasso was a piece of shit um i mean you uh, could say that everyone is a piece of shit right exactly and like beyond a certain date you're gonna be characterized as a piece of shit like i think we spoke about this on another conversation that we had um i can't remember what it was was it like wokeness or um damn i can't remember what it was but uh we spoke about like people in the past you know like at some point that was yeah like the context right like at some point it was the norm right and for us it's not the norm like maybe in a hundred years this show is gonna be like oh my god i can't believe they said those things yeah it might be canceled (laughs) yeah well there's also like a problem there's a there's a slight problematic nature with cancel culture as well um, that some people believe it's developed into a witch hunt or it's developed into something where as soon as you you say the wrong thing you do the wrong thing suddenly you're shunned from society or your friends or a community Mm. Um, and I don't think that helps anyone um, because I do believe in second chances and I believe we're all human we all make mistakes we all make dumb ones we all make foolish ones but there is always a chance to redeem yourself to to be better like i've done some dumb shit when i was young and i wouldn't be the same person if i hadn't done those things if i hadn't failed or made those mistakes um it's just the societal pressures now of of yeah of, of if you are not um kind of abiding to these like invisible rules mm. that are that have been kind of brought forward by by change by movements by by things that are rapidly going and and the world's constantly changing now it's constantly going in a mm-hmm. forward momentum and a quick pace that like suddenly if you can't say that anymore because that's you yeah that's 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 been yeah. you know that's been ruled out um so you constantly have to update yourself which is fair and i you know I guess as someone that does see myself as progressive and woke, like that's, that's the work, right? That's the work of growing up. That's the work of growth. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's, 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 it's a tough one, but at the end of the day, don't be a dick. Yeah. I guess that's that's the bottom line is, 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 is find kindness in your heart and, 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 because love is love is so much harder than than hate so that's why people lean to to hate and to you know sufferance because that's just easier mm-hmm. but it's at the end of the day that's probably going to turn into cancer you're going to die yeah <laughs> i know i guess this is why i'm so like i'm not apolitical but like i just can't be fucked cuz everywhere I, everyone i speak to well the vast majority of people i speak to they're so like 50 50 like binary black and white like there's no middle ground for anyone to like come together and just talk you know watch a movie together guys have have a good time yeah so it's just like it's tough it's It's tough tough. it's a it's a we live in a complex society that's Mm. has even more webs to it now um but you know it's just about learning it's about growing and it's about also like the fact that you know I guess the example of Louis C.K., yeah, I, I, you know, I was a big fan of, of his as well. Mm. And the news came out and now he's, you know, kind of having this, um, this momentum where he's seeing success again, despite the kind of, 
almost hatred that he received from people, mm-hmm. which, you know, granted, fair enough. But how do you come back from that? Yeah. You know, do you are you just fuck it, just go to a farm, you know, li- you know, live a different life, buddy. I think his case like, was like the lightest case out of like everyone before him. I don't know, like he had, yeah, I mean, had a lot more support from his peers, I guess. Like the thing that's the thing that's really was, tricky. Yeah. The thing that's really tricky is that. Um, what we're we're only talking about public figures yeah. and artists generally speaking but if we were talking about someone who wasn't in the public light we would usually be understanding that if they did commit a crime and they were convicted for it and they served their time or they uh you know they uh they served their sentence whatever that might be or they paid their fine or what what have you that they should have the freedom to come back and to continue to make a living and mm-hmm. to continue doing whatever it is that they want to do in their life Again, as long as it's within the confines of law, because they've, again, they've, um, they've paid their debt to society. Mm-hmm. Yet, if you're an an artist or a public figure and you've, you've committed a crime, not, not even one necessarily that is even illegal, technically speaking, there is no. You're right. There's no. There's no. Um. There's no system that we've created for them where they can go and do. They can go and pay their penance, and then it's acceptable for them to come back. But what we have is this this sort of gray area where where either they people complain because they don't go away or they do go away and then when when they come back people still complain and and it's like so are they are they meant to to stop doing the thing it is that they that br- that brings meaning into their life or that they were trained to do Just, and and the, the counter argument to that is some people say well because they're public figures they're role models and so to continue to support them and continue to make and to continue to allow them to make their art in the public sphere that is giving the impression that their behavior is okay or that, that it's acceptable. So that is why they have to step back permanently from the public limelight and I guess sort of live in anonymity from that point onwards. But I don't know how feasible that is. I don't know. And I don't know if we, we would all want that. Cause um, again, there are some artists like Bill Cosby, you probably never want him to record another comedy album or make another episode of television ever again. But again, you don't want to, create like a scale for crimes because that's so crass but there are some artists perhaps who you would like to have the opportunity to come back and make another album if they do serve their time or if they have learned their lesson yeah. if they have made an apology or you know make another great film because on on some level that maybe that's what they were put on this earth to do because they're great at it i think a good yeah and a good example is aziz Ansari, mm-hmm. um of that that kind of blurry line between i mean you know between what he did and between the um, the majority or, or like the reaction to what he said the reaction yeah, yeah was very mixed mm-hmm. and very um polarized right it was pulled in so many different directions that it was almost oh is he being canceled yeah. are we still is he still in the limelight what are we doing here um and him kind of bouncing back in comedy clubs here and there um but that's I think Aziz Ansari is a, is a fine example because I was even like weirdly mm-hmm. torn where I was like, what, what do I, how do I even feel about mm-hmm. this? Um, and the fact that it's an article and yeah, so it was, it's very, it's very tricky. Um, yeah. But I'm glad we, uh, we swam those mm. waters, eh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was yeah. interesting. Yeah. I guess maybe it's, it'll be a never ending kind of topic. Oh yeah. It's always a, it's always a topic, a hot topic. We're not going to figure it out here. You know, people have, yeah. have been debating this for, for, for decades really. So mm an uncomfortable amount of time yeah, yeah. <laughs> so guys what y'all been watching <laughs> <laughs> totes well 
I know what I've been watching. I know the big. The, I know. The uh, big I haven't bat. seen it yet. Oh, so we can't ah, really talk, no, about, we can't it talk about it. Well, can can we talk about it without making any reference to what happens in the movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I it's can tell Batman, you why I haven't watched it. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Bruce Wayne is Batman. Just, so literally, yeah, I've just spoiler alert. Have, have you ever have you ever had that mom, like thing where you've planned to watch a movie with people, but then you've like kind of had to postpone it all the like postpone and postpone and postpone and postpone and then to the point where you're the only one who hasn't watched the movie like literally that's what happened to me because like i was like oh yeah i thought we're gonna go watch it together and then nah this guy goes there this person goes there and i was like oh fuck so now i'm kind of like stuck where i have to go watch it um at some point by myself but uh which is not a problem it's not a problem I, i like going by myself it's just like doing it now you got part <laughs> off there raf <laughs> no 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 it's fine like we can go together no, no, it's I'm just, just like... <laughs> no it's not that's just... raf was like i'll go with you and jabril was like yeah i really actually like going on my own i really um... like going by myself <laughs> yeah. i'm like uh-huh <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay so what did you guys think oh, i i loved it um yeah, yeah well I mean, yeah raf you, you want to yeah yeah you go ahead no, I, I, I was, I, I think I, I had time to digest it uh, because it's a, it's a fucking three-hour epic. So it's like, you know, and it's a feast for the eyes, and it's, and it's, and it's, you know, um, yeah, it's just a, a, a huge film, I'll say, um, that has a lot going for it, um, and I think sometimes it's weighed down by its hugeness, but yeah after digesting it i like it a lot more and i'm very very keen to have a second rewatch jibreel um and i I, I don't know how far to take this conversation without you know spoiling such things so i'll just say take it easy sweetheart (laughs) (laughs) is that colin farrell's character is that is that called yeah Yeah. Yeah, i'll Uh, I'll just quickly chime in and say I, i i no spoilers but um I really, really liked it. I mean, Raf and I have already uh, chewed the fat on this quite a lot, and he knows all of my thoughts. But um, yeah, I would just recommend if anything about this appeals to you or looks interesting to you, I'd go check it out. Even if you're sick of superhero films like I am, I found it to be very refreshing. So I would say go see it and see it on the biggest screen possible. Um, yeah. I think, you know, there are elements of the story that maybe. Uh, <sighs> I, I don't think it, it sort of exceeds its grasp, perhaps, but I think it's just uh, it's just a massive achievement in terms of tone and yeah. in terms of the aesthetics. I just wanted to yeah, cinematic. I, yeah, I just yeah. wanted to crawl into the screen and live in this world. Um, and mm. so yeah, I was I was really taken with it. So yeah, I'm I'm excited to hear what you think, Jabril. Mm. But yeah. what have you been watching, Jabril? Um, since the last uh, little thing. What have I been watching? Um, I watched. Oh shit! Oh yeah, I watched Ready Player One, um, hey. which I've like, I never wanted to watch because I thought it looked stupid, <laughs> and then I watched it, and it's actually a good movie. It's a, it's, it's quite, it's, quite it's, fun. It's a very Spielberg movie, just like, it's very, but Spielberg. like a modern Spielberg movie with like CGI and shit. Oh um, yeah, and it and it ends the, oh, it's, the most Spielberg-y yeah, way I was like, ever. Oh, right into Spielberg. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. yeah, And cue music yeah. and happiness. Yeah. Go and, uh, looking into the distance. <laughs> um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So I watched that. Um, I watched this Egyptian film. I think from the forties. Let me see. Oh, cool. 
Oh, nice. uh, uh, 50s. It's called Cairo Station. Um, or But in Arabic, it's called uh, Bab al-Hadid, which is like the steel gate. Um, nice. And yeah, it's it was it's a very short movie, about like 65 minutes, like just a little bit over an hour. Um, mm. If you do not like shit that's not woke like this is definitely a movie from <laughs> the 50s <laughs> like was this like well, kind of research for this conversation well, well, like what is not well, woke? it's it's very much like um government propaganda at the time it was a time when um arab uh, society was moving away from religion kind of like the bathist movement um where you know, there were a lot, there's a lot more art and culture in these countries, but also a lot of extremism, a lot of like uh, female, uh, what was it? Like female abuse? No. Is that female abuse? Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, like they abused women a lot in the in the movie. Yeah. Misogyny. Okay. misogyny. Misogyny, that's yeah. the word, yeah. misogyny. <laughs> there's a lot of misogyny. Um, yeah, so it's, I think it was definitely a, um, uh, the director kind of like, uh, why can't I get the words today? It's so fucking annoying. Um, the That's the right. director trying to like um, explain his his viewpoint, his his, his outlook, view, his, story. His, his his viewpoint on like society in Egypt at the time. Yeah, that's oh, that's what yeah, I was trying to say. Yeah, so yeah, it's really good, but on. it's it's very graphic. Like a lot of shit oh, is very yeah. graphic. Yeah. Is there is is there not an album also called Cairo Station or like like a like an Egyptian jazz record? I I was listening to that recently. It's possible. I think it's unrelated, but um, this is really cool. I'd never heard of this film. Sounds yeah, it's, interesting. It's a, it's a good movie. Uh, just um, It's also available on Netflix in the UK. I'm not sure about anywhere else in the world. So you can watch it mm. tonight. It's a very quick movie. Um, but, yeah, it's um, the, 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 the subtitles are a bit off. Oh, yeah. Because oh, okay. luckily, I can understand this language. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Course, I mean, for, to Raph and I, <laughs> to Raph and I, they could have switched the subtitles from another movie, and we probably wouldn't have noticed. <laughs> we, we wouldn't have. Yeah. You could have yeah. like plugged in the subtitles to Shrek, and we're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> actually, <laughs> I, a I, parallel I, between these two films. Actually, <laughs> I, I, I forgot um, to mention this for the previous episode, but in Downfall, the subtitles for me, they were like changing Fatherland to Motherland. It, like in English, it would say motherland, but they were saying fatherland, and it's like fatherland. Oh, and, oh interesting. Yeah, which was mm. yeah, interesting for me. But anyways, yeah. Uh, what what about you? Down with the patriarchy. Yeah, <laughs> down with the patriarchy. <laughs> um, yeah, that's uh, yeah, um, yeah. It sounds like a really really fascinating movie. Um, I can't remember. I'm just else. gonna go through my slew of films. Mm-hmm. Um, I recently watched for the first time, and you know, it's one of my favorite genres, which we already did the western. Uh, Brokeback Mountain, which um, made me cry. That was a beautiful fucking film. Thank you very much. Heath Ledger, Jake Gyllenhaal, and Ang Lee. Um, and um, after Brokeback Mountain, uh, I do my like Paul Rudd once or twice a month. <laughs> I do Paul Rudd. Um, but I watch Paul Rudd once or twice a month. I wish I could do Paul Rudd. I mean, anyways, wow, I'm going on a tangent right now. Uh, they came together, uh, which is kind of hilarious very satirical and very like just i saw that i saw that movie in the cinemas in cambodia randomly oh wow and um, you didn't even need to see it you could just buy the like fake dvds oh, I, 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 I feel i feel like you go to movies a lot on holiday because like you always are like i watched that movie in this random ass place oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and it is it's not yeah. like i no it's not like i would normally 
plan to go to the cinemas if I was on holiday. I'd rather, mm. you know, be out there and see this new country yeah. than I may know or experience mm. the local culture. But um, I don't know why. It was, it was a really rainy day. We'd been in Cambodia for about mm. six or seven days. I was there with my friends from university. And we're in Phnom Penh. And, uh, yeah, we just wanted a little break. So we went into this really small cinema underground and watched that film. And, yeah, I remember it made me laugh, like, hysterically. Um, oh, it's hilarious. This is one small um, line that me and my friend quote all the time, which is, uh, what is it? Uh, Take a jerk, you hike. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, no, it's, it's endlessly quotable, and it's very self-aware. It's very meta. It knows exactly what it's trying to do. Um, sometimes it's a little too smart for its own good, but it's a perfect kind of, it's a perfect hangover film. Mm. Seriously, it's one of those. Uh, and it's Paul Rudd and uh, Amy Poehler, and they're great. Um, the next one is Election. I love Alexander Payne. I'm a big fan. We should definitely do um, an Alexander Payne uh, theme or at least touch upon his films because he had some great ones. And this is one of his you know, early features, I think his second feature film uh, with Matthew Broderick and Reese Witherspoon. Again, terrific script, terrific um, chemistry between the leads um and just an amazing film and then last but not least um i'm turning australian uh and i'm watching currently the tv show called the north water which is a little intense but oh so good hmm. <laughs> yeah i wanted to add pam and tommy i just started that oh nice yeah. oh, cool. i have not seen that it's, yeah, yeah. it's, it's good that. so far yeah yeah okay um all right Take us away, Ollie. Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll keep it brief since we've been running a little long. Um, I uh, I actually haven't been watching a lot of too many movies. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> right. Bye. <laughs> I actually haven't been watching anything. Yeah. I'll keep it brief. I haven't watched anything. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, it, so, like, there's one TV show that, um, uh, that really has uh, enamored me recently that I've been watching, mm. which is uh, Severance, which I told mm. uh, Raph about. Um, man, I, I would love to talk about this with you guys on air once we've all seen it, because it's such yes. a such a endlessly fascinating um, premise for a TV show. Mm. But it's still airing at the moment, so it's not ended. So I don't know how, where the rest of the season goes, but I love it. Directed by Ben Stiller, starring Adam Scott. Um, I won't say anything more, but it is a sci-fi. Yeah, it is a sci-fi dystopic tv show unlike anything Oof. i've ever seen awesome um, it looks oh, cool. right down my alley yeah it it's really sci-fi. really 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 interesting but anyway and then uh the only other thing i'd mention is um it's not a film or a tv show but it's a book i haven't been um watching a lot of movies the past couple of weeks because i've just been you know devouring this book it's called crossroads it's by uh jonathan franzen it's like a 700 page behemoth but it is um really really good and i'm absolutely mm. gripped so that's the that's like the piece of the content the the cultural mm. artifact i'll recommend mm. for this for yeah this see because like i don't watch a lot of movies and tv shows like i watch a handful but i do consume a lot of like content on youtube so that's it's hard for me to be like hey like watch this well actually i guess i could um <laughs> you anything tell me, by you this guy anything. called johnny harris awesome stuff and um i'm listening to a great audiobook it's the lord of the rings series uh narrated this time by andy circus who was um who was is he narrating uh, goblin, it uh, goblin. The Gollum Gollum. imagine i was kind of hoping that he would do the voice but like he uh, has to clear his throat every other page like, <laughs> 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 his no but honestly like 
he does every single character and stuff like his aragorn makes the hairs on the back of my head like stand up he makes aragorn <laughs> sound so much more badass like more so yeah. than Viggo mortensen oh yeah oh yeah because you just you have the sound and then you have the like what you think the character looks like not the the movie actor yeah. He does have like a really low baritone mm. kind of voice. Yeah. It's, it's really quite the lower register. Yeah. It's really bad. And Andy Serkis's uh, accents are very good. He does, I think, accents oh, yeah. very, very well. Yeah. Well, he's a he's a he's a he's a, a crafted voiceover artist. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. And performance capture artist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Wow. Look at all this content, you guys. Theme time. That's amazing. Um, great. So I think we should wrap this up with um, the next theme, mm-hmm. which I will be presenting. Yay! It's all about me. It's the rap show, everybody. And my headshot just came in, so everyone's talking about rap, rap, rap. Okay, here we go. <laughs> um, we're going to take a deep, beautiful dive into Kiwi cinema. Now, why Kiwi cinema, you ask Ollie and Jabril? Well, I like to think that the Kiwi cinema or the Kiwi movie industry has been blowing up of late, much like the South Korean um, industry. This one is an industry that's just trailblazing, um, especially with the rise of Taika Waititi, whom we all know. You know, he's helming some of the biggest blockbusters with Marvel, Star Wars, but also opening the doors to new and original content. Mm you know, kind of breaking the status quo and seeking to confront the lack of representation in the indigenous community, especially in in, in the Hollywood industry, Um, with a beautiful uh, TV show that I also wrapped up called Reservation Dogs, um, which, you know, I highly recommend. Um, But before YTD's global superpower, Kiwi Cinema was still producing amazing content, and I'm not reading this out of a script that I just read, um, some that have received massive fandom with TV hits like everyone knows this, Vlad the Concords. We all love it. We all we all love it. Um, Taika Waititi, Taika Waititi, directed Flight of the Concords. Oh no no no! This is just kind of oh, like oh, before just, his right, before right. his like global superpower right. like you know Kiwi stuff yeah, was still. Yeah, yeah, he did direct made. a few. Epi- um, he did direct a few of the episodes though. And oh, okay. he was and he was in some of them too. Okay. Um. Very, very briefly, mm, though. Mm. You, you can, like, it's like, a, it's like a, you know, take a shot every time you see Taika Waititi. Right. It's very brief. Um, but, yeah, so before, you know, he kind of, you know, uh, got to the global stage, yeah, TV shows like Fly the Concords with um, with Jermaine Clement and Brett McKenzie, uh, who kind of, like, you know, in two seasons just, like, jaw-dropped the world. Um, then a TV show called Top of the Lake, which is making rounds as well. Um but also like movies, like critically acclaimed, universally praised movies like The Dark Horse or Heavenly Creatures or the recent uh, movie that came out in 2001, oh, 2001, 2021 um, called Coming Home in the Dark. Um, and the ones that I will introduce to you uh, after I finish my script, mm-hmm. um, all of which... Um, you know, all of which, all these films, all these, all, all this content have have kind of spurned talents like Cliff Curtis, Jermaine Clement, Brett McKenzie, Jane uh, Jane Campion, Sam Neill, uh, Thomasin McKenzie, who is who is now just trailblazing as well, Carl Urban, who was in Lord of the Rings too, um, and even Russell Crowe, y'all. He was born in New Zealand. Oh, bada beam, bada boom. Didn't know that. Um, so after all that, I think it's definitely time to take a plunge into Kiwi cinema 
and get lost in its beautiful films that are wildly creative, unique, and beautiful. Um, thanks to also part to the mesmerizing country, which I've been. Um, and this is also why I want to kind of dive into the cinema because I love the country so much. I've been twice and I fell head over heels. Um, and also um, features, uh, it also has my favorite bands from there, Fat Freddy's uh, Drop, who I'm seeing in July. What, what? <laughs> Fat Freddy's I'm coming for you. Um, and um, also because uh, a lot of the content that's being uh, shown from Kiwi Cinema or, or Kiwi TV is outright hilarious. It's kind of this charming, likable, dry humor is, is amazing. Um, so without further ado, um, the films that I will be going through with y'all um, that I want you to just scoop with your eyes. Uh, the first one is Once Were Warriors, which is a 1994 um, drama crime um, film that tells the story of this um, urban Maori family um, and kind of, yeah, just tells the, the story of, of, of poverty, alcoholism, and domestic violence through this, through this family and through the, their patriarch, uh, Jake Hecke. Uh, and then I will be swooping over to Jane Campion, who is, you know, a prolific filmmaker who is God nominated for Power of the Dog, which we've all seen now, right? Um, and we're going to be viewing kind of her first feature film or not her first but one of the one of the first kind of big films she she did and got noticed for uh, the piano with Anna Paquin who is also from New Zealand she was a New Zealand born Canadian actress um and uh this one's more of a drama you know more of um a period piece a period drama um so it's got a good balance between once for warriors the piano and then we're going to finish off with Taika Waititi and his second feature film called Boy in 2010, which warms my goddamn heart every time I see it. It's such a beautiful film. Um, and it kind of propelled Taika Waititi to do The Hunt for the World People. And I'm done talking. Thank you very much. Thank you, Raphael. Clap, clap, clap it, clappy do. That was a lengthy monologue. It's good. That was a rich um, setup for the theme. Oh, hey, man. You know, I did it just five minutes before we started recording. <laughs> I'm just like, I need something. I need to read a script or something. <laughs> well, I I hope we're not missing anything else then. Is that it? Yeah? No, we're good? Just food in my belly. Yeah, I'm super hungry. My belly's rumbling. Um, but yeah, so don't forget, as usual, uh, yeah, don't forget to like, share, subscribe, comment. Give us those five-star ratings on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify Podcasts. It would help us a lot to grow and get our podcast out there. And yeah, don't forget, April 22nd, Temps Rising, be there or be square. Because uh, you're not a circle. We get it. You're not around. Um, uh, <laughs> I only found out that recently you know so that's why i say it all the time classic <laughs> uh but thank you for listening and catch you on the next episode ciao ciao for now ciao man bye